Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I I say, look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. All right, Natasha, we are back. Fourth episode. Gosh, I know. I feel like every time we go, I never would have thought, but I never would have thought. Like, I can't believe it. I never would have thought. I never, I've said it every podcast, like you said, never would have thought. But here we are. So, look, it's been a couple weeks. We did three parts um, initially. The I mean, I just texted you yesterday the most beautiful text message and messages we are still receiving from people who have heard your three episodes that we did together, and it resonated so strongly. Man, I got tears in my eyes when I read that one you sent me, just um, like a woman who's struggling in an abusive relationship and trying to get up the courage to leave. And when we started this, we set our intentions that, you know, our entire mission was to tell this story so it could help somebody else. And the fact that it, it happened in, in folds and folds over than like my wildest expectations, but that even weeks later, we're still getting messages that it's actually doing some good. Like it makes my heart sing, Sarah. It just, it makes it feel like it was all for a greater purpose. Oh my God. I mean, me too. And yeah, I mean, you do these things and you know people are going to listen because obviously how much the Kane show meant to people. But I think then when you hear like how much it's changing people's lives and giving them the courage to make a change, whether it's in a marriage, a work 
space, um, you know, with their children, addressing mom and addictions. You know, it's just, it's so important. And I agree. I was so moved. I was actually going to read that message, um, part of it, because it was just so special. Um, Obviously, we'll keep the person anonymous, but um, they write, you know, hi, Sarah, I've been a huge fan since the Kane show first started in 2006. I wanted to let you know how much the recent podcast with Natasha spoke to me. I've been in a very emotionally abusive relationship for over a year. This relationship got me into cocaine, which is the first drug besides weed that I'd ever tried. This guy not only used, but sold it to. I'm in the process of trying to get out of this relationship and get help for myself. It's been extremely difficult, but this podcast was the sign I needed to see. I hope to write back to you in a few months with a positive update. You guys are truly amazing, and I want to thank you for the impact you've had on my life. I could cry. I know it's, you know, I remember when I was in her position and, you know, at my rock bottom and some of those worst moments and God would send me little messages here and there, whether it was something I saw on television or lyrics in a song. I just posted on my Instagram, this song that meant so much to me when I was at my rock bottom. Um, And like, it's so crazy humbling to think that our podcast could be the message that he sends to somebody else who's at their rock bottom right now, like gives you insanely humbling and beautiful and cyclical and, Oh, I just, I can't even, I can't even. So we're going to continue this. We don't know where it's going to go. We've, we've sort of said that to each other offline and you know, we're open to, we always say this, like if anybody is listening, they run a podcasting company, they run a media company. I mean, maybe it's a TV show, maybe it's a podcast. We don't know. We're open to anything. So you can email and find us on Instagram. You know, we're not desperate whatsoever. Just (laughs) whatever it is, we'll say yes, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, so it's, you know, the Sarah Fraser show and Ms. Pink Monster on Instagram. But in the meantime, we just want to kind of continue really diving. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. I mean, if it's, if it's still helping people, let's expand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love, and I just love talking to you because I learned so much about myself and just your bravery. Oh gosh. I mean, that's very flattering. Thank you. But, uh, I mean, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy, but. Well, today we're going to talk about. It's it's very therapeutic for me too, just to, you know, I've mentioned this to you before and I think we'll probably mention it this episode, but I, I don't have like a lot of girlfriends. Mm. Um, but this community of women online is like my support group and my girlfriends. And when I get to interact like this with them and with you, it's just. It's like coming home to friends. So it's very therapeutic for me too. Well, today we were going to dive into mental health a little bit more because one of the questions we got when we did the follow-up was, you know, how have you guys taken care of your mental health? And then you and I both said, wow, you know, over the years we've had these mental health low points and how we came back from those. So today I thought we'd dive into that. And then we sort of said, because you do this at your house and I do this with my marriage counseling therapist with Dan, is we'd start off the show with highs and lows of our week because it's a great way for you and me to get to know each other since we're reconnecting and then for our audience to kind of get some insight into us. Or in your house, you call it the rose and the thorn. We called it your rose and your thorn. I think a therapist gave us the idea too. But the funny part is we actually haven't done this in years because I would bring it up. And once the girls became like tweens, teens, I would just get like, oh, I don't want to. Like, this is my thorn right now that you're making me do this. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm excited to have somebody to do it with again because I love it. But all right, well, tell me, tell me your rose and thorn of the week. Okay, I'll go first. Um, let's see. My rose, actually, speaking of teenage girls, um, this past weekend, Harry was with his dad. So it's kind of nice that the girls and I get some time where it can just be, you know, our little threesome again. And I took them um, for a girl's day. You know, we went out shopping for fall clothes. The weather's getting crisper. It's sweater weather. So um, we just had a really nice day. And, you know, the girl, the girls are um, best friends, worst enemies, sometimes more worst enemies. Oh, like yeah. they want to kill each other. But this day, you know, Sam was helping Sophie, like, find her personal style. And everybody was getting along. And it was just... It was just nice. You know, I miss the when they were little and in princess dresses and glitter and running around. But this is this is nice, too. They're like they're like my little buddies. And um, and I actually believe it or not, like we went to Hollister, which I don't know last time you went into a Hollister. It's but been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> but I went in for them. I found so much cute stuff, like found a cute sweater. These really like they're fake leather pants, which you think from Hollister would look like a stripper, but they're not. They actually look real. And <laughs> I mean, I have to wash it all because it all smells like a baby prostitute because, you know, they drown their clothes in that yeah. awful perfume. But I found so much cute stuff. Super cheap. So that was my rose. It was a nice day. All nice right. What day. was your thorn of the week? Oh, my gosh. I'm sure it has to do with this dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So anybody who's ever had a boxer will understand this, but they're this like the goofiest, most loving, best family dogs, but they will eat anything. And I mean anything. This dog has stolen a bar of soap out of the shower and oh. continued to eat the whole thing. But um, I was cutting the kid's hair. I gave Sam these cute curtain bangs and like for Harry, like I shave underneath. So I had this big like pile of brown hair on the table and this dog walks by and just like just like sucks the whole thing up and swallows the giant hairball. So she's laying here on the ground right now. She's sick. So taking care of a sick dog who ate a giant hairball. And I won't get into the details with you because they're awful, but she's like pooping hairballs and scooting her butt on the floor. Uh, I oh know. <laughs> that would but be I was done wiping butts, but now I got to wipe the dog's butt. So that would be a low for me too. <laughs> that is a low. That is a low that will repeat itself, I'm sure, next week with this dog. But oh what God. was yours? Okay, well, mine two were the high for me, which I'm still enjoying, is um, I was asked to be a guest on the Do You podcast, which is like Oh my the, gosh, I saw that. The, yes. I know, which is like the number one pop culture show. You know, she became so famous for for um, putting on her story all these anonymous, anon, you know, things from celebrities. And of course, now so many of the celebrities, their PR people feed her, you know, it's, it's wild. So to be asked to be a guest on her show after doing pop culture for 100 years, was such a high so I was really honored and and we just had a great time and then uh, then somebody tried to cancel us because we talked about Scarlett Johansson being back in bad in bed um so that was kind of comical what? too um, not to mention how could she possibly be bad in bed she's my female crush like that doesn't you just ruined well, my girl fantasy for me it was a blind item on the podcast that Chris Evans had hooked up with her years ago and basically said she was sloppy in bed so you know me being the comic that I was I, I said basically I mean don't we think that she's a lazy lay I mean you're a superhero you're a fabulous actress do you think she really tries hard in bed I wouldn't I got other things to do I'm gonna lay there you do all the work 
Oh my God. Somebody tried to take this and t- say that we were women against women and, and, and how could we say this to such a, a esteemed woman? I'm like, I don't think she, she's married to a comic, by the way. I think they understand it's a joke. So anyway, that was very comical. And then my low point, I'm going through it because KJ, we brought KJ to a preschool daycare and it's not going well. He hates it. He's like crying and Dan dropped him off this morning and he cried for 45 minutes and was clinging to Dan. And so now I'm like, I feel like I, I don't think he's going to like it. So I don't know. I'm feeling Dude, mom that guilt. Is the worst. I'm the, and I'm the worst person that you could talk to about that because I'm the one that when I drop them off and they're crying, I'm like telling the teacher, if it's more than five, 10 minutes tops, you call me. And I'm coming right back. Like, I do not leave them to figure it out and survive. I can't, I can't take it. Like when it's, I just sent the school a note. And I said, I have an interview this morning until, you know, 10 a.m. Can you let me know at that point if he's still crying? If if he's still crying, I'm going to come get him. Yeah, I'm so with you. And we brought him yesterday. It was a half day. Um, and, I mean, he doesn't even go full day. It's like a half day of a half day. And when Dan went to pick him up, he was, like, sitting at the table crying. So I'm like, I just don't think we can do it. I don't think we can do it. Wait, like, they left. It was a few hours, and they didn't call you to say he was still crying? Well, they said he cried on and off. And then when Dan had got there to get him, he was crying. And he's what, like almost two? 18 months. So he still has a little ways to go. I mean, I feel like it's maybe too young. I know. I know. And this is like a like a preschool day. I mean, it's really more of a daycare, but they try to start, you know, teaching them some basics and oh, reading yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And I don't know. I'm feeling I mean, I'm sure you're going to get so many moms that respond to this and assure you that they will be just fine because they will. They end up being just fine. Yeah. Just don't look to me to be that mom because <laughs> I'm not her. You're something like my mom. My mom's like, he's too young to be going to preschool daycare. Go get him. I'm like, oh, my God. I know. I know. So we'll see. I'm going to try it today and then go from there. I'm with you, though. I'm with you. Like, I'm just like, I, but then that's terrible. Like, if I have to work, I'd rather just put the TV on and sit him in front of that. And I'm like, well, is that really good? No. You know, then he's with a nanny sometimes. Anyway. So there you go. But we can do a whole nother mom podcast. Let's talk mental health. Let's talk mental health. Let's... (laughs) Which not KJ's mental health. Let's talk about our mental yeah. health. Mine's not good today, but <laughs> all right. Baby. So I thought we could both talk about two points in our lives that our mental health was really low and how we came out of that because we both have situations, um, you know, that I think we've talked about too. We want to honor Kane, be truthful to who he is, um, you know, some of the good, some of the bad. And one of my low mental health points was at the end, towards the end of my time on the Kane show. But why don't you start? And talk about two instances and how you overcame them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's two definitely pop right into mind. The first one was actually well before anything that had to do with Peter or that whole unfolding of drama and trauma. Um, It was when Sam was a baby. So, you know, I've spoken about how I always wanted to be a mother and have a family. And here I had this beautiful little newborn and a baby girl, you know, with all the pink and the ribbons and like all of my dreams come true. And at first it it was good. It was okay. Um, But then after like a few months, she was probably like four months old, maybe Mm -hmm. I started noticing that 
like I just I wasn't feeling like all the mushy, happy, lovey-dovey feelings as much as I thought I should be. I just I felt very lonely, extremely lonely and um, just kind of depressed. I'd never been depressed in my life. I've always been like cheerful, upbeat, happy person. But this just felt like sadness all the time, but a different kind of sadness that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Um, and it it probably went from like when she over the course of two months, like steadily got worse from four to six months old. And I kept thinking it would go away. I didn't want to complain about it to anybody because I felt like this is what I asked for. You know, I wanted this this lot, you know, so I can't complain about it. And I figured it was also just, you know, sleep deprived or being a new mom or, you know, I was away from my family. It just had all these excuses why it would go away. But instead of going away, it just progressively got worse. Like I got more... Um, just more like not wanting to talk to people a little more just in myself, like in my yeah. own little dark world. And, you know, Peter started noticing I was just a lot quieter, um, not really laughing as much, not wanting to interact with people. You know, they say in like the depression commercials, like you lose the things that you love doing, you lose that enjoyment. And it's true. Like I stopped crafting and everything. Um, and it went from that till like, I would say when it got to its absolute worst, and I knew this was more than just like the baby blues, like they call it, um, was she was about six months old and I had taken her, oh, I remember we we're going to the baby store I'm taking her to buy by baby down in, um, Rockville. And I got her out of the car, like put her in the little stroller and went to cross the street to go into the store. And I looked left, looked right. And like, I had this flash of a thought of, I just want to walk in front of a car. Like I feel that depressed and nothing. Like I felt sad, but I also just felt nothing that I was like, I just want to walk in front of a car and have that just be over. Like it, it was, it was crazy because most people's reaction to that would be like, Oh my gosh, like that's a that's an incredibly scary thought, but my brain felt like it was a very normal thought. Like that's how low things have gotten for me. So the fact that I felt like it was so normal and not shocking actually shocked me, thank goodness, and scared me. Um, All right, I got to thank a sponsor. You guys, I love a female-owned business. And shout out to Christy Lippman. I want you to follow her. She is a small business. She's a fabulous wedding photographer that travels the country. She not only does wedding and elopements, but you can book her for corporate pictures, which she does, personal pictures, family photos, even your baby announcement. Christy is awesome. She's from the D.C. area, now lives in Portland, Oregon. But like I mentioned, she works nationwide. And what makes Christy so special with her photography is she creates an emotional emotional connection with every single one of her clients. She does kind of this really like phone call, Zoom, meeting in person, all this intimate stuff that she does with you guys. So you really know her and feel comfortable. So the day of your wedding, you don't have to be nervous when you're doing your, your pictures, which is so important, right? We've all done photo shoots. We don't quite know everybody. We don't know how to act and pose. Well, Christy takes all that out of it. Book her today at ChristyLittmanPhoto.com. Christy is spelled K-R-I-S-T-I. And then of course, 
course, Littman is L-I-T-T-M-A-N. You can follow her across all her social medias as well, at Christy Littman on Instagram or Pinterest. Christy Littman photo, you can see her work. Book her. Let me know when you do. I look forward to working with Christy Moore. Thank you so much for working with The Sarah Fraser Show. And I know the TSFS community is going to book her. She travels nationwide, and she is now, her books are open to book your wedding for 2023. They're now back in person. Take advantage of Christy's amazing rates and her incredible skills and see all the reviews that her clients have left her that absolutely love her visual storytelling. Go to ChristyLittmanPhoto.com. Um, at that point, I got help. Um, <clears throat> 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, MyOptimalBody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to Hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. 
Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavor. Ah! Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their Conception for Her and Conception for Him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for Her Fertility Aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. You know, and, and for me, getting help was admitting it to my family, to my mom. You know, my mom is my my best friend, my rock. And she encouraged me that um once I finally came clean to her about how bad it actually was, yeah, uh, to see a therapist to call, call a doctor. <laughs> time to call a doctor. So I did that. I called, um, I called a therapist that I luckily had already known and liked. And, you know, at first when we had our first consultation, um, and I told her how bad things had gotten, she recommended medication. And my first reaction was like antidepressants was like, I don't know, you know, I, that's not really me. I just, I wanted to kind of fight it. And the way she explained it to me that changed my mind and made me feel like it wasn't something wrong with me, quote unquote, was um, she said, think about your brain like it's a swimming pool. And most of the time, everything is blue and clear and lovely because the the chemical balance is right in the pool. Sometimes the pH balance can get a little off and the water gets a little murky. She's like, if you need to picture it, that somebody drops some ink in the pool. And all of a sudden, it's not so blue. It's kind of gray. But you can easily fix it just by treating the chemical balance in the pool. And once you get those chemicals right again, it'll be nice and blue and clear again. And that made sense to me. It made me feel like it wasn't some sort of moral shortcoming on my part, but rather something that was going on in my brain that I couldn't help. So I agreed to go on antidepressants. Um, we had to try a couple, and I think Prozac was the one that ended up working out well for me. 
And honestly, within a few weeks, certainly within a month, I felt like myself again. And the first thing I thought was, why did you fight this so long? Like, this is amazing. Like you spent so many months being quiet about it, fighting it, being miserable. When if you would have just asked for help, you, you could have had that time and not suffered in silence for so long. So that was a really valuable lesson for me that, um, just speak up, man. Like, don't, don't fight it. You and I were talking about this, but those postpartum hormones are so real. And any mom listening, I mean, it's crazy. You know, I've never had depression in my life. I've had points where looking back, I'm like, you know, you were pretty, that was pretty low. I'm not, you know, and, and who knows, maybe I needed help at that time and didn't get it. And then, you know, situations changed, but my postpartum journey was one for sure, where it was like, I was telling you this, I couldn't go out on balconies because I just felt like I could jump, you know, like with KJ in my arms or something. And it was really, I couldn't get near an edge. It was just, and like you were talking about in my brain, I knew like I wouldn't jump, like obviously I wouldn't do that, but it was this weird, overwhelming feeling you have. Um, And you know, those, your body is really flooded with some wild hormones after you have a child. And of course, you know, for me, I know one day my mom was there, my, my mother-in-law was there and we had just gotten home. And again, you're, you know, you're exhausted. Now you have this third person in your house that you've never had to, to worry about. So there's so many things, but I remember just breaking down crying, like with the thoughts of like dropping him, you know, like, oh my God, you know, and I was, I would bathe him in those, you know, the bye-bye baby bathtub. Oh, yes, you were telling me this. I would bathe him on the floor because I was so worried. Just my mind was so paranoid of dropping him. And I knew like it was just such a little drop, you know, little fall or whatever from that. So I would get down on my knees and like load up the bathtub and bathe him on the floor. It, yeah, it, you're, you really, and I love where we're at because my, um, my OBGYN would call me, like the nurses would call and they go, you know, how are you feeling? How's your mental health? Like, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? Like, they just ask you now so much. And I even had other mothers come over to me, like when I was, you know, when KJ was just weeks old and say, okay, how are your postpartum thoughts? And you're, you know, you're, cause I experienced this or that. I mean, they, you really do, I, I guess. I don't know why our bodies chemically do that. It just, I guess maybe, I don't know if they're trying to protect us. Or, the kid. I mean, we, maybe. Yeah, 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 I guess so. I guess so. I think, I mean, I think part of it, because like I was telling you, you know, I would be with more with Sophie and Harry, you know, when it was just like the normal hormonal shifts, like I would be bathing him in the tub, you know, this little newborn and all of a sudden like get a flash of an image of him going under the water. Yes. And it's just like, I think it's just us getting used to this completely dependent little newborn that, you know, they're they're 100% dependent on staying alive by us. Yes. And that's a massive responsibility and it's a massive shift in your brain to have to get used to that responsibility. And hormones are crazy. I mean, don't get me. I have two teenage girls. Like, (laughs) don't get me started on hormones. Hormones, man. Hormones are like... They're like the Grim Reaper that comes in your house and like takes this sweet little girl you have <laughs> and just replaces it with this insane, screaming, little irrational teenage girl. But yeah. Oh, no, it's good. Tell me it's about another time in your life. Um, 
you know, I love that you were so honest about how, you know, going on antidepressants changed you. And I know so many people, men and women, that are on them or have been on them, and it's it's helped them immensely. So I love that we're getting to that point. But there is always something for people, I think. It is that, like, fear of going on them because you feel like I failed, you know, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still a stigma to it, Sam. And, you know, if honestly, it can even, I was only on them for maybe six months before I went off of them. And then the depression was completely gone for many, many years. And some people you stay on them the rest of your lives. But my whole thought is if it helps, yes, why not say yes? Yes. I mean, why fight it? It's, it's very much like with getting help with your addiction. You know, you don't want to admit that you're an alcoholic or an addict because there's such a stigma to it. But if that's what it takes for you to feel better and get control back of your life and find joy in your life again, just say yes. Say yes to whatever you have to do to um, make your mental health a priority because it's just not worth worth wasting time that you'll never get back again being miserable. No, no. 100%. Um, Tell me about another time, another instance. So the second time that I really struggled with my mental health, um, oh, you know, I mentioned in the in the first podcast about when um, Peter and I were going through the separation and he had announced our divorce on the air and, you know, told all these lies about me and I had, you know, just just so many traumatic events um, and was in a lot of pain that I turned to medications to uh, medications, not the good kind of antidepressants, but like um, pain medications to self-medicate because I didn't know how to deal with pain. You know, that was one. But then after I got help for that, um, things got things got better. But shortly after, um, I would say, well, not that short, maybe I'd been sober a couple of years, two, three years. Yeah, because Harry was Harry was a baby um, and things were going well for me. I'd finally gotten the girls back. And that was a long, long struggle just to get them back. Um, and actually, things were going well for me in that sense, but they were going very badly. And then that's when Peter really started to go downhill with his addiction. And it became very apparent that he was spiraling the girls were in a very dangerous environment a very traumatic environment um mm. so i was filing for custody to get them back um to get them back 100% that way he could get help and i had a strong case and ugh, you know i've never spoken about this before and ugh, i don't want to get all emotional but i mean we've cried every other episode. we cry everyone <laughs> yes so I, I did have, I, I had a best friend at the time. I mean, you probably remember her, Megan. I, I mean, she was like my, like my sister, like my soulmate. We had been best friends since our daughters were born. So this, you know, many, many, many years. And, um, you know, she was going through everything, preparing the case with me, you know, like, She saw everything that I was going through and everything that was so awful that Peter was putting the girls and I through and she was helping me um, to get them away from him. And at least that's what I thought she was doing. Um, I still don't know exactly how it happened, but at some point she started working with Peter and um, I don't know if she always had been, she always had a big fascination with the Kane show, always was obsessed with following all of their social media and the show. And I just, I don't know, but um, 
um, I, I just um, I found out that she had agreed to be a witness for him to say that um, I was I had relapsed and I was a danger to the kids and just she tanked my she didn't just tank my entire case, but she um, she actually got the girls taken away from me. Um, I can never explain unless you've been through as a mother, not being able to be with your children um, when you wanna be, not being able to hold them, love them, smell them. Um, it's the worst pain you can ever go through. It's beyond a broken heart. It's just, it's guttural. And to have this hack happen a second time, um, that I was completely blindsided by, you know, the first time I accept responsibility in that I needed to get help 100%. So even though it was awful not being with them, I knew I had a responsibility in it. I knew I needed to get help and, and I knew that I could get them back and I could be better. The second time just caught me completely off guard and it, it shouldn't have happened. It was just it was just pure evil. And, you know, I've spoken some about, we've both spoken about how manipulative he could be, but how clever he could be in his ways to take you down. And I think maybe he saw that he had a losing case and hmm. somehow was able to convince her to, I still don't know how he did it, man, but he convinced her to be a witness for him. And, um, and I lost them all over again. It wasn't like a judge took them away. We never got that far. Um, I think either she or he called social services and just between the two of them, nobody would believe me. You know, once you've, once you've been an addict once, you're kind of labeled that forever. And um, I think whether it was like the therapist or the attorneys, it was just, I just had such a so what I actually so like despaired that I would never see them again. What actually just, shifted? Like did cuz you guys always had 50-50, right? Or 60-40 or is that how you got to 60-40? Was this incident That's how we had, Well, no, we had we had finally gotten back to that 60-40 and then I was trying to go to court again to get them away from him like to have 100% custody cuz he needed to get help. Um it was just he was completely losing it. I mean, this is when listeners were texting in saying he was slurring on the air. I mean, it was just like the beginning of the end for him. Um, and then, you know, just like that, they were gone. And it's, you know, people think when a mother gets their kids taken away, like, oh, my gosh, she must be so awful. But it is easier than you think. Um, for it to happen. Um, there's this woman I follow on Instagram, her um, handles called one mom's battle, and she does nothing but post stories to advocate for women that this happens to. Lots of times when your ex is this narcissistic controlling person, he uses the children to still control you because it's the only way he can. And with Peter, being able to just like, control me by taking them away from me was the one way that he could just continue to get at me. Um, so yeah, that, that happened. And that was awful. I remember just, um, after they were gone, um, cause the thing is they'll take them away from you and then you have to fight to get them back. Like you have to, it's not innocent until proven guilty. Cause you know, they want to keep the kids safe. They just 
take them away and then you have to fight to get them back. And I remember just after they were gone, just like sobbing on the bathroom floor the whole night. It was just the whole night till like the sun came up again. And I remember my husband and and Harry were asleep in the bed and trying to like stifle the moans so I wouldn't wake them because it was just like, I don't, I don't think I have it in me to do this again. And this time I didn't, I didn't deserve it. And it happened like, how am I ever going to fight him again? Like it just, it felt completely hopeless. Um, So, and once I was trying to get them back, it just, everybody believed him and her and it just, it, it just seemed completely hopeless. Um, So I, I, I started to just lose all faith that I would ever see them again. And the pain was so immense. Um, I got to a point where I was like, I can't feel this again tomorrow. You know, I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I was pretty darn close. Um, And the thing with gaslighting, you know, during that whole time, he was telling me, sending messages every day, like, this is your fault. You know, this is your fault that you can't see them again. This is because you're a terrible mother. You know, they're where they're supposed to be with me and you're never going to see them again. And, you know, to have my best friend backing him up and then these therapists that would believe him because he was very convincing. It's just like nobody believes me. I'm really never going to see them again. Maybe maybe I'm wrong that I'm the only one that thinks I'm a good mother and they should be with me. Maybe everybody else is right and they would be happier if I just left them alone. And, um, that, that was really, that is probably the darkest moment of my entire life, to be honest with you. Um, the one thing that saved me was, was my family. I have the fiercest, most committed, amazing family on earth. And I remember my mom, um, you know, I'd be on the phone with her every day, multiple times a day and her telling me like, I know you want to give up. I know it hurts, but you don't get to. You're a mother. Like, you don't get to stop fighting. This isn't impossible. We will find a way. I don't care what it takes because when you're a mom, you don't give up on them. And um, she was able, she was, she saved my life. She was able to help me, help me refocus on that. And um, I absolutely couldn't fight that battle because that was a huge battle ahead of me without um, getting myself mentally right again. Like I was in no position to fight that depressed. So that was the second time in my life that I went back on antidepressants just to, just to try to get, get myself in a better mental position so I could come up with a game plan to fight this insurmountable mountain in front of me. Cause I, as much as like he got in my head a lot that they were better off with him. I knew in my gut, they weren't, you know, I remembered my baby girls and that they needed me and they needed to come home. Um, so. Oh my God. No, I mean, I can imagine. I mean, the, you, you're losing, you're mourning your best friend who, you know, you had been through so much with. And then on top of that, uh, yeah, it is It is amazing because I, I've just known you for so long and just seen what a mother you are. And then to, it's shocking to me that you could have your children taken away from you. I mean, really, it's scary. It's, it's scary for anybody listening to this because, boy, we all think, you know, you just think, well, I, I, 
I'm middle class and I've, I've, you know, I'm educated and I'm all these things. How could this happen to me? And then to have it happen to you is mind blowing. It's, yeah. And, you know, I still, I still have like PTSD from all that. I, I was actually just talking to um, Danny yesterday and we were talking about all the trauma that we went through. And I was like, girl, I still think like I look in my rearview mirror and I'm like, has that car been following me for too long? Like, is that a private investigator? Like, I still feel like it could happen. It's crazy. But so that's that's bad mental health. The positive (laughs) mental health is that I did, you know, I did come back from it and, you know, I did fight like hell. How long did that process take? You know, you, you, you talked about, you relied on your, your parents. You were sober at that time, which was, is a, such a gift. So I'm sure you were going to meetings and, you know, um, relying on your community there. You've, you've lost your best friend at this point. You're fighting Peter. What, okay. So how long did that dark, you know, I guess time last? I mean, the worst darkness of it, like that only lasted maybe, maybe like a month, like that, mm. that awfulness of, I kind of don't even want to be alive anymore, like that much of a bottom. And then once I went back on the medication, um, you know, I, I put myself like back in the recovery program full time, um, I was, you know, came up with a plan. I was working with my sponsor and with, with everything, my parents flew in and took care of me for a little while. Like that took like about a month to get through that, to be able to sit down, sit with my lawyers and go, okay, what do we do now? And I wish I could say that that then process um, didn't take that long, but that took years to, um, to get them back, you know, she and he really screwed me over that time. Um, That was around COVID. So the court systems were shut down. um, So I couldn't get in front of a judge to make it right. I was at the mercy of a um, a best interest attorney, which is an attorney that's um, hired to represent the children's interest. My lawyers and I decided like, okay, we can get the, we'll get this best interest attorney. We'll show her all the facts. And he agreed with his attorneys and I agreed to give her the power to then put the chill, you know, decide the custody schedule. That was one of the worst decisions of my life um, because man, I, she's another one. Like I want her license. I want her disbarred um, because Peter just manipulated her and paid her tens of thousands of dollars. And, um, she would not listen to me. Um, she would just, I, you know, when I was going through his house, um, cleaning it out, I found, you know, I talked about all the boxes in the basement, how he kept every document. He printed out text messages between him and her and his attorney. And it was like a Friday night. And I remember this and I was begging her to let me see them. And I was supposed to see them, but he had like some things going on that he was like, I want to call off the visitation. And she texted him and she was like, she's texting me again. I want to enjoy my weekend. I'm not going to deal with this right now. And he's like, thanks so much. You're the best. And the his attorney like was doing like the laughing emoji and was like, I just want to enjoy my weekend too. screw her. 
And like, I'm at home, like sobbing because I thought they were coming over and then they just weren't there. And the three of them are on a text chat, literally laughing, like sending laughing emojis to each other. Like that's how screwed up the situation was. Okay, and wait a minute. So he was in charge of paying her, like the state didn't give you yeah. guys a guardian at litem? Like that was a there was neutral? No, there was no state involvement. Like we never went before a judge. This all happened just between my attorneys and his attorneys. And like, your attorneys agreed? That was the dumbest thing I ever did was I gave that power to this woman because we couldn't get in front of the courts because right. it was during COVID. So everything was shut down. Wow. So it seemed like that's the only chance I could at least get visitation with them was to get this woman involved. That was being so paid by, by Peter. I was being paid by Peter. Oh my God. During that time, I like- foolishly thought she would put the children first, but yeah, no, not if she was being paid. Yeah, by him. Yeah. So that took that took like probably a year and a half. I was on when I was seeing them, it was supervised visitation. I had to have hmm. a retired police officer come with us everywhere we went. Who must have for been like over a year. Like I was looking up like people when they get out of jail and have supervised visitation, the normal like amount that that lasts if they're sober and everything is usually no more than 30 days. Like that's the standard of care with the family law system is like you only would have super. I had it for over a year because he was in complete control and he was in control of her and she was making the decisions. And mind you, during this entire time, I have all the emails. I was screaming at her. He's not sober. Like all of your energy is on me. Like they're in danger. And she never investigated it once. I was like, look into his prescriptions. Look into the things the girls are saying. The girls are saying this is happening. Never looked into it at all. So during this time, how often would you see the girls? It would be once a week with this supervised former police officer? At first it was once a week, once every couple weeks. He would cancel visitations randomly. So I never knew if they were going to actually come over or not. And then we got we got into a regular schedule where it was a couple times a week, but they never spent the night. It was horrible. You know, they were growing up without their baby brother, like regularly in their lives. It was just it was a hellish period. But um, I guess the only good that came of it is I was able to work on myself like hell. Like I became so much stronger during that that year because I just I was in the fight of my life. So like I had to do everything to strengthen myself and um, my God. to compete with that Goliath. So before he had, before he died, you had resumed 50-50. I'm assuming like eventually what? The court, the court heard eventually, your case? Eventually, you know, it finally, the time period ran out where like I, I actually had to, we, I forget the loophole my attorney found. She did something brilliant where we found a um, some conflict that we could get this best interest attorney kicked off the case. So we, that's the only way I was able to finally get it back is I got her taken off the case out of the um, wow out of the picture. So she no longer had that power to decide. So then we were left with like no schedule. So we came with this agreed upon schedule that was still supervised, but only for a certain time period. And then when that ran out, I was finally able to have them back. But I mean, I had to agree to this graduated schedule over years just to get back 40% custody. It was crazy what I agreed to with him. Um, And so we were in that period of it wasn't supervised anymore, but it was still not even like my regular amount of overnights when um, I got the call that 
he had had, you know, this medical emergency. Wow. I didn't realize. Wow. I didn't realize you guys were still in that custody fight when he died. We were still in that custody fight when he died. And what does that tell you about these attorneys, not my attorney, but his attorneys, this best interest attorney, the therapists that were involved, the people running the supervised visitation? They, I remember once she was in my car and I was on speakerphone with him and he was slurring like crazy. And I was like, you hear this too. Like you're a witness that he is not. Yeah. Don't even get me started. All it's these about people, money. I know nobody it's about- would do anything. So it's about money. Um, although yeah. you do a great job, I think of, of, you know, and one of, I know your ongoing missions is to educate other women about the court system and what you can learn and what you can keep, you know, fighting and, and learn to represent yourself, which can save you a lot of money. And lots of times that can work too. I mean, it's, it's very time consuming. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's overwhelming and it is one day at a time. I get my last question for you would be, so this lasted for years. You know, you have Harry, you, you're you married at the time, you're working a lot on yourself. What was like the one big, I guess, personal revelation that you had? Was it about developing, you know, stronger faith or a prayer that you said every day? Or was it a therapist? What was it that, I guess, really strengthened you? <sighs> You're going to make me cry again. Um, So there's this, you know, there's the 12 steps in recovery. And the third step is this prayer. Um, What's the concept of turning your will over to a higher power? If that's God, great. Just something outside of yourself. And um, that it's not my will be done, but whatever this bigger plan is. And it was learning that lesson, I was saying that prayer every day. And it was, it was that if I'm, I'm not in control of this situation, I don't have control and I could make myself crazy not having control, or I could turn it over that I have faith that some bigger picture is going on. Like I turn over this custody battle to you, God, and I put it in your hands and I will be fine with however the outcome Mm. is just like, not my will, but your will. And that was the, that was what changed the most for me was finally giving up control myself of wanting to have things turn out a certain way because then every time it didn't, it was just so devastating that. um, Yeah. You want to give up. It's almost overwhelming. Yeah. It was that release that really freed me up a lot. And I mean, listen, I don't judge people of different faiths. Um, I grew up a Christian and that's the faith that I maintain now, except I don't think other ones are wrong. Like, you know, however God speaks to you is between you and God. I don't know how atheists do it. Um, No, no disrespect. But like, if I didn't believe there was a God that had a plan for me, I would have, I would have absolutely lost hope because it was just, it was knowing that Myself and my children were in the care of a God who loved me. And there was a reason this was all happening. It wasn't going to last forever because God promises us that he's not going to give us more than we could bear. You know, he wouldn't send me down this path path of misery for nothing. My children were in his hands. So I knew that even though they were going through these traumatic experiences, they would be okay. Um, That's what 
I mean, it saved my life and it got me through all of that. And now that I'm on the other side, I can see that it was 100% true. You know, well, I knew Peter was sick, but I didn't know he was going to die. And then I would, the battle would be over. They would be with me for forever. I definitely didn't see that one coming, you know, and oh that this God. journey, while it was years of hell, look at what it's able, what it's enabled me to tell other women now. You know, we paid a big price, but if it saves some other women, then okay. Oh my God. Yes. I say yes. You are, look, if anybody has any doubt that there's a God, I feel like you're living it. I mean, I do, I do. And I don't say that to be like, you know, mean about him passing away, but I'm saying like, I, you know, again, I think people are realizing the good, the bad, but also just how much he tortured so many people for so long. And it's like, holy shit, like there is a God, like you, I mean, you went through so much and now you guys and the girls get to live this life of freedom, you know, and it sucks to say it that way, but there's a part of it that's true. It's just, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable, but my life. Here you are. Here you yeah. are helping other people, but big price and saying yes. Yeah. So anyway that, man, I hope this helps somebody else with their mental health and knowing um, knowing that there's there's happiness around the corner. They just have to keep keep moving forward one day at a time, one step at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time. It does get better, my friend. And you're not alone. Yeah. You're you're not not alone. You're not alone. Look for those family members and friends and, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, sponsors, therapists, you know, the people that are good, that see, that are rooting for you and just one moment at a time. Um, Natasha, okay, this episode was amazing. People can, like we said at the beginning, we're open to every week, we kind of want to take a theme and dig a little bit deeper into our own personal stories. And that's the whole goal, right? We share our stories to hopefully help somebody else. So if people want to contact you, do you still want people to contact you by Instagram? What's the best way? Yeah, that's the easiest way. I'm I'm trying so bad to get through my DMs. So if it takes me, you know, a few days, I will get there. But that's the best way is send send a message through Instagram, comment on a post or send me a DM at Ms. Pink Monster, M-S Pink Monster. And if you guys, Natasha and I talk all the time. So if there is a topic you want us to cover, same thing. You can DM Natasha, you can DM at the Sarah Frazier Show. And then each week, we're just going to keep going and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. See you next week, girl. Bye, my love. Bye. (laughs)